Greetings, heroes and force users of all ages, and welcome back to Inside the Tauntaun, a podcast in the multiverse of fandom. As always, I'm Dino Nicandros. I'm joined by Alyssa Simmons. Hello. And Daniel Dawson. Hello there. And if you notice a slight decrease in audio quality, uh, we are facing some adversity. My microphone no longer works and I'm on my parents' delightfully efficient Wi-Fi. <laughs> but we're glad you're here and we're excited because we are talking today about Marvel Studios' first animated series, mm-hmm. What If, on uh, streaming on Disney+. Plus. This is episode one. What if Captain Carter were the first Avenger? Directed by Brian Andrews, written by A.C. Bradley, and by God. We're Marvel fans. And who you are or where you came from. I am Iron. Uh, I thought they smelled bad. On the outside. It smells like a new corn here. Inside the Tauntaun, this is our opening song. Alyssa, Dino, talking nerd stuff, come along. Inside the Tauntaun podcast, please like and subscribe. Oh, wow. You said you said something at the end there, but your internet cut out. So it's like, we're a bit I don't know what kind of fan you are. I'll just have to use my imagination, I guess. Is God, is he a, are you a General Electric fan? Are you a? No. If, if, uh, if only all of you knew what, what we were contending with trying to record this episode. We really, really wanted to do it. Yeah. If you've ever, if you've ever, what I sound like on the actual point near the point of rage, this is this is it. 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 Technical things are so frustrating. But so. But but what isn't? But let's talk about this. Yeah. What isn't frustrating is Marvel Studios, uh, knocking the crap out of their first animated attempt. Yes, there is no feces left. They've knocked the crap out of all yes. of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you are feel free to disagree with me, but for a long I disagree. time, I'm sorry. Well, you can leave. <laughs> Bye, Daniel. You're you're allowed to disagree, but you can't be here. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Uh, uh, for a long time, DC kind of cornered the market on animation, and they, I would argue, they might have had that might be where their leg up was on Marvel. Sure. Um, the Batman animated series comes to mind. Oh, we all saw it. Yeah, Classic. So Honestly, that was uh, a masterpiece. And, yes. and then the Justice League shows. And mm-hmm. uh, if you were into like Teen Titans and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. The, the current, kind of the current Harley Quinn season series is is amazing. It's so good. And, and, and some of their films, uh, their mm-hmm. standalone animated films, uh, uh, The Killing Joke and mm-hmm. uh, just like really dark and That's gritty if you want to use that word but yeah but uh i have to say marvel for dipping its toe in the water and this being episode one i mean wow it's uh uh they came out sight to behold they came out guns blaring like boom boom bam <laughs> they have all of the bells and whistles like I mean, they, they, yeah, they said we're going to go big or go home. And they, they, yeah, they have we got no it. intention of going home. No, 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 not at all. They've already got a season two on the way. So apparently, yes. definitely not going <laughs> yeah, home. Yeah, geez, geez. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, honestly, after watching the trailer, I, I was a little unsure, like how how the anim- how I would like the animated, mm-hmm. you know, version of these Marvel storytellings. Sure. Um, just like in the style, you mean? Yeah, I think just in in uh, this in a similar way to uh, how how I felt about Clone Wars. Honestly, I just sure. was like, yeah. I, I I'm not sure. Um, uh, but after this first episode, I can s- safely say that I, I You're don't feel board. that way. Um, mm. yeah, it's so, so cool to see these, um, very comic like shots, uh, drawn in full animated form. And you know what it, it kind of reminded me of, uh, do, 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 um, Spider-Verse a little bit. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Just in the side, like in the sense that they they really tried to capture that that comic book style like cartoony look, mm-hmm. you know? right? And I think a lot of that has to do with the um with the frame rate, yes. Um, like they they purposefully slow the frame rate down to make it look a little more choppy, like like. Well, um, so you can actually get like a like a moment or two in each you know little shot. Yeah. So you're like, oh, like that that's that little part right. of the comic strip like that's totally. so cool totally. well and, and particularly the the montage of hers when she's mm-hmm. you see her in different engagements with hydra and it mirrors the one steve has with the howling commandos in uh captain america the first avenger and it was so dope <laughs> it was for the so first cool. time it was so dope but and for the first time it felt like as you were saying Alyssa, like yeah like Captain America or Captain Carter in this case really was jumping off the page and the Mm -hmm. unbelievable feats he pulls off in the comic book while their depiction of Steve Rogers in the movie was as good as possible. There's something animation does that live action simply can't and let's take the comic book and just animate it. Yeah. I think that there's uh, something really cool and special and and it definitely feels like a love letter to the what if comics yeah right off right off the bat which i think you know marvel marvel does a great job we've talked about this before of you know paying homage to the original source material but also exploring other things uh combining characters that kind of thing letting us um, be a little more surprised yeah yeah where this this is really this is really cool and interesting and and new i think for marvel yeah i love it it is and it's uh and by their own admission it's no accident this came out right after loki and oh wow yeah uh, well and haven't they already confirmed that that they they that there are some elements from the show that will end up in their other um they didn't say. I don't think they said what, but they said that it'll it, that they other characters from these episodes yeah, may there, show up in other. There's been a suggestion. They hope. They use the word hope. Mm, uh, that is a key I, word. I, I see the fact that Doctor Strange comes out next year. Yeah, I've already pushed my chips to the middle of the table, and I think we will see Captain Carter and Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Would be cool. Because they're hinting at her showing up in a season two that was already announced. Uh-huh. So f- for whatever reason, she seems to be the connective tissue 
right. for, for whatever they're doing here, well, at least in some degree. You just blew my mind just now because, I mean, I'm jumping ahead because I know you're going to get into like the show as, um, you know, but um, the fact that she like literally goes, like she chases a monster down into another dimension, mm-hmm. like that could be her, her gate, her window into- sure into the multiverse of madness movie i mean how many times did they say i think they said multiverse like three times <laughs> they in this, said it a lot in this first yeah, episode. yeah. Mm-hmm. um i mean the watcher himself said it like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah times yeah it's cool we I, I don't and you guys can correct me if i'm wrong have we ever had like a true narrator of uh of like a marvel storytelling no no not, yeah, so not the, in no. the current mcu i don't think no so that's pretty cool it is, and uh, the Watcher is voiced by Jeffrey Wright. And a, a little background on the Watchers: so they're a a race of beings, but you think of them as gods. And their job is uh, they're omnipotent, but their their job is to literally just do that: watch. They're not allowed to interfere. They're not allowed to to mess with anything. And there's a there's a and long. My question is, history. is that they're not allowed to, but can they? Well, he he actually says. Uh, I can't, think there's a, there's won't. a line. Yeah, I can't, yeah. I won't. Yeah, I can't, yeah. I won't. Um, but if you were to follow the Watcher's history, so the, it's a bit of a rabbit hole, but the the Take father, us. the father of, of Jeffrey Wright's Watcher, and this is in the comic books, uh, the reason they have the rule you can't interfere is because he ended up destroying a world or several worlds and mm. something bad happened. So... Uh, they're basically supposed to just be kind of benevolent observers. And and, why, and that's... Do they ever explain the why behind that? Like, are they there to, like, be, you know, like, taking... Are they, are they taking notes? Are they are they teaching anybody about what they find? Sure. I mean... Well, so the, the, the Watcher, Jeffrey Wright, is presumably playing... It's noted in in the comics that he he likes to bend the rules a little bit and if mm. he can help say earth kind of like you there's something coming look out <laughs> uh, <laughs> he'll do that well but, and, and, uh, and um am i i'm right by saying that um this particular like there's numerous watchers and and the one that we have um narrating our the, the show what if is the one that is designated for our universe the 616 universe right i i believe that's well uh like there's a watcher i don't know for I don't each know. universe maybe well, or, we're, or... well we're in different uh, yeah maybe but he, he's kind of an observer of the multiverse so i don't yeah, know if they're right. assi- i don't think they're assigned to maybe it, it breaks down that way but he's kind of narrating us literally through the multiverse here. right so, right so I yeah I don't I don't know what that breakdown looks like but if uh, one of you diehard folks out there knows the answer to that please let us Come know. Come on, diehard. Um, <laughs> I love their their little intro as as the watcher is giving us a you know a monologue kind of explaining his role and his purpose mm-hmm. and you see so uh, twilight I, I guess a, a, a prism it's kind of a um, yeah uh, this broken prism Mir- yeah mirror like yeah. situation. And and you see a lot of the characters we've come to know in familiar scenarios, but then it begins to morph, and we see what presumably is 
little previews for the upcoming episodes. And yeah, probably there's I I had to pause and zoom in. And thankfully, people have placed screenshots online. But you can see Loki at the United Nations walking into the United Nations. Uh, we've seen the preview of Killmonger saving Tony Stark in the mm-hmm. desert. Mm-hmm. Um, T'Challa being taken um, by uh, Yondu. Uh, and then there's like really quick cuts. You see Obadiah Stane, who was the villain from the original oh Iron God. Man. Yeah. How, how, uh, the collector, wait, how Captain actually, Marvel. How many episodes are we getting again? Do we know? Nine. There Only were supposed nine? To be ten, there were supposed to be 10, but they moved the 10th one. I believe it, it, the 10th one is going to be the first episode of the second season. I think oh, I read. Interesting. Okay. It's so funny. Um, we're all like... <laughs> With it's the uh, opposite of what we're saying about Bad Batch. Yeah, I was literally <laughs> just going to say that you took the words right there's out of my too mouth. There's too many episodes yeah, in this one. Like, They're like, <gasps> there's already, nine. there's only nine. Oh, gosh. Uh, well, and and I think we say that because we've already seen the format of the first episodes. They're taking, they literally condensed Captain, well, they changed Captain America and right. then condensed the whole movie into probably under half an hour worth of story, if you don't include the credits. Like, it's... I actually got a question about that for you. Or maybe this is more of an opinion question. Um, uh, It it was really hard for me to separate myself from having already seen, and actually relatively recently seen, Captain America, the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you guys think that they did a good enough job telling the story without having seen that previous film? Like without having known like all the things that happen in the film, like does it does it sort of stand on its own? I think that it does, but I think that you need to have seen the movies and know a lot about the characters that you're asking. I mean, I guess that's you're asking the question, "What if?" About yeah, because like half the fun of watching the show is having already watched. Yeah. Right. Yes, Yes. And, and this is where Marvel has explicitly said. Yes, this is canon. Yes, this will directly be referenced or influence other properties, but it's still not a must-see. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Because sure. whatever they introduce here is going to be explained in whatever film or TV show a character ends up in anyway. So this really is just a a love letter, not just that's productive, but it's a it's a love letter to these movies and it, love letter and to it and and to super fans and to to i mean to marvel geeks and particularly people who grew up with comic books because this right. is oh yeah such a comic booky thing to do comic book like absolutely um some of the uh i, I just wanted i don't i don't own any of the 1977 run of the what if comics which is nope. how it originated but um some of the titles are like so specific and it mm, really, mm-hmm. I really love it. It really makes me giggle. It's like, uh, what if, what if, uh, the Avengers had fought evil during the 1950s? Mm, <laughs> it's like fought the, evil. Yeah. That's that like very, that's, that's, what, that's very not specific. <laughs> <laughs> what if, what if Jane Foster had found the hammer of Thor? Like we're going to get, we're going to get that. We're going to get that. But uh, yeah, I loved that. Like what if, uh, what if Rick Jones had become the Hulk? Like they're, they're just like, so, so inventive. And so, yeah, if those, if those are any indication, 
all the all the craziness that that is ahead. I'm I'm super excited. Yeah, same. It, it is amazing how much of the episode does mirror that movie. And yeah, and the whole really. point of this series is that not not a ton of things are different, but there's one inciting incident mm-hmm. that that make that makes the branch timeline or is, universe. I love how simple it is too. It's not like and a it's really... just a moment. Yeah, so like, just one moment. So the attack in the laboratory. Steve kind of gets taken out. His colonel, who's Tommy Lee Jones in the movie, gets shot. Um, and in the panic, they have, you know, Peggy jumps in. They're, they're, they're screaming for Stark uh, to, to do it. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm I, the buttons I'm guy. The, yeah, I'm the buttons guy. Science and bullets don't mix. <laughs> but it's, it, it's amazing that just... Uh, what's a split second in reality just absolutely changes just because she decided to not go up to the booth she's like yeah i'm gonna stay yeah Yeah, she said she was gonna stay down there Mm -hmm. yeah and it just like uh, makes your imagination run wild you know because like in your own life like how many times have you had like those little simple decisions and wondered like had i crossed the street like what how how much would my life be different you know so fun and spooky to think about too sometimes for sure Um, and it's as we said, so many MCU actors return to voice their characters, and it's so cool that Stanley Tucci was uh, voicing uh, Doctor Erskine, mm-hmm. and uh, Dominic Cooper was back as Howard Stark, mm-hmm. the young Howard Stark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and much of this plays out still the same way, even with Peggy. Just the way it's shot, you have a uh, Howard lowering his sunglasses as she emerges from the from the capsule and yeah they did an amazing job like with the frame by frame kind of recreations yeah. some some of these scenes very 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 fun and uh and she's buff as hell oh my god <laughs> for a split second when she first started talking i was like is her voice lower lower <laughs> did they make her like sound like she's on like roids hey, well they pumped testosterone into her that's what they did yeah, yeah. that's it um but no that she was just got my, harry pitts that was my yeah, mind right. playing tricks on me but um uh, there's a <laughs> the one moment that made me absolutely laugh out loud was was when howard stark was like i'd call this an absolute success that immediately cuts to uh this is a failure <laughs> to, to to colonel flint he's like this is an absolute failure so freaking funny <laughs> there was a couple of moments like that in the show that also yeah same same kind of thing Where's it? Oh, he was like, I won't tell you anything. And, yeah, and like, she he told over, me everything. He told me everything. Yeah. <laughs> he told me everything. <laughs> That's so great. Good. But it's interesting they're approaching Peggy from the perspective of her being a woman, right? Like being the, the factor that makes her unfit to serve, whereas Steve is because he was skinny and small and right. sickly. And, mm-hmm. uh, but that parallel runs nicely and it's, it, it keeps its poignancy, even though it's a, a different subject entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think is super interesting and it dawned on me the second time I watched it so uh, after she's transformed and after the whole thing goes down in the laboratory you can see that she's getting blood work done uh-huh. and, and Steve and her are having a conversation and he makes kind of a glib comment about well you could be on the USO tour because <laughs> that that's what Steve does in the film uh-huh. but uh, I, I couldn't help but think about Isaiah Bradley yeah mm. just the blood test the, all the blood work being done and the stuff they subjected him to and yeah and this is just but a taste of 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 the the government 
being very interested in this and also um, basically using her as a human pincushion because they don't want her to be this. So it's right, like, you, right. you are the guinea pig. We're going to use your blood to replicate it. And we'll make like actual super soldiers, not right. pesky yeah, you, female you, kinds. Yeah. Idiot girls. <laughs> Stupid lady you have You have cooties. You're unfit for service. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we get another great parallel scene where, where Peggy is just pissed as hell, so she takes it out on a punching bag and mirrors Steve, uh, again, almost shot for shot, uh, completely annihilating one of these giant bags. Um, we then uh, cut to Tonsberg in Norway, and this is where Hydra is uh, attempting to track down the Tesseract. Now, you'll remember from Avengers Endgame that Tonsberg also serves as the location of New Asgard, mm -hmm. where the Asgardians yes, yes. resettle on Earth. So that's that's a cool nod and wink. Um, and and more or less, uh, we, we, we see Red Skull and he acquires the Tesseract in much the same way. Uh, and he, he is voiced here, it should be noted by Ross Marquand, who stepped in. Uh, as Red Skull in Infinity War and Endgame when Hugo Weaving decided to uh, not join us for the, the party. <laughs> what a dick! But uh, Ross Marquand is actually unbelievable at... Uh, he's perfect. Just in, in general, uh, his voiceover work at replicating other actors' voices, he's very good at it, and uh, he does a very good Hugo Weaving. Um, you know, it's just one thing to be able to like recreate somebody's voice, but to also be able to like act really well within yes. that voice, you know, it doesn't that, sound like an impression. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A, that, that is a challenge. It's really it's, hard. I've gotten well. I've gotten a couple of voice replica auditions and it it's exactly hard for the reason that you said, Daniel, because you yeah. have to be being them, yeah. but also still inhabiting the character and acting and, and making honestly choices and... feeling yeah well and and not to wrap uh you know they our collective time at disneyland into this but isn't that what kind of happened with frozen to sure. a degree to a certain degree yeah yeah i think any I'm, show I'm... any show that runs for a super long time has a tendency to become like this is no slam on wicked in the way that they put up wicked but it is done in a very similar way i mean you are a little cog in the piece and you right. watch that cog you learn the cog and you've got to fit into the exact same shaped cog as the person before or else right. you don't have the gig the machine right work. right the you uh if the color is green originally you're allowed to paint with maybe different shades of green but right. it still right. has to be green yes yeah don't get any no. crazy ideas okay don't get any yellow in there you yeah, bastards. no. It's just unacceptable. Sounds but yeah, like that's so so kudos to Ross Marquand. Um yes. In short. <laughs> in short, well done, Ross. El uh, Hydra. Um <laughs> so we get we get uh great shots of of Peggy taking matters into her own hands and uh, this is where it kind of starts to diverge a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm jumping ahead a bit to kind of explain this and in, in that uh, they are able to 
acquire the Tesseract before, yeah. or rather uh, stop it in transit to Red Skull. Ladies got to get it done, you know? Yeah. And uh, efficiency. Uh, we get uh, another familiar Hydra face, Arnim Zola, uh, and he's voiced again by Toby Jones. Yes. And uh, Peggy smashes her way into the truck in which he's on, and she's able to acquire the, the Tesseract. And him. Which, and him. And, and it's put to use in uh, favor of the good guys in this episode. So things changed quite a bit there. Yeah. Um, and that was just one of her kick-ass montages. The other is when she goes to, uh, to free our old friends, the Howling Commandos. Uh, and you'll remember the Howling Commandos are Steve Rogers. Steve becomes the leader of this group in Captain America. And our old friend Bucky is... Bucky! Uh, is among them, and again, voiced by Sebastian Stan. And you get a lot, a lot of those great comic book shots that you mentioned, Alyssa, in in this montage. And one of them being her kicking down the door of the uh, of whatever base they were entering, and it's yeah. just yes. that iconic yeah. that iconic uh, shot of Ta-da! Steve with the gun and the shield, and mm-hmm. um, replicated almost entirely. Very cool. And her um, ripping off the gate, and uh, so so going back a little bit, it's uh, I I loved watching Peggy for her her powers in real time, and yeah, <laughs> just She's like oh I, oh this this show, yes, you, you would think because it's animated, it's it's geared to a much younger crowd, and this episode dispelled that notion really quickly by how. Violent, violent, with these yeah. Nazis. I mean, uh, that being said, it, there are two things: a, kids are pretty desensitized these days, but also b, they're Nazis, and like literally, it, it's violent. It's just, uh, yeah, it's yeah. Vi- I mean, the when she like, there's no blood, her, but she's yeah, when she uses her shield people. to like, you know, crash through the like, the front of that plane, and, like, like yeah. repeatedly is like, coo, oh, coo, coo, yeah, coo, and then she like yanks I the guy out. I was that like, guy. Whoa. Yeah, don't think that guy made He's it. He's not alive. Barely no, no. he passed away. Nazis no, deserve no. this. Doesn't make it easy to watch. Right. Because it's like, it's Absolutely. like this is this is like visceral cap. This yeah, is uh-huh. like blood on the shield if they depicted blood, you know, in a cartoon. Potentially. Like it would be yeah. All also, over her. <laughs> I also thought this was interesting, um, you know, because obviously we see in in uh Captain America First Avenger, we see Steve, you know, discovering his his strength and his power and you know he he hadn't even fought in the military yet like he'd been to training but he hadn't fought but like this was cool to see agent carter or captain carter rather because she she had been you know working for the government and like for years and years and years like this had been her goal to end the war sure to like bring peace so uh, that was a cool extra layer to watch somebody with all of that, you know, kind of military she, background as well. And then she, she, I mean, we're getting ahead, but she did. She, she achieved her goal. Yeah. She ended the war. And, and, and uh, I mean, yeah, to exactly to your point, Alyssa, so she's a natural fit for, for, for her new role as totally. a, a Captain America adjacent because, uh, because, as you said, her background, um, 
which is much more sophisticated than Steve's ever was. So yeah. um, I could see why they would want to uh, use her as, as I said before, a connective tissue in this kind of multiversal story. And it would not surprise me her showing up elsewhere. So there's a really cool moment when she does free them. Uh, they give her a, let's hear it for Captain Carter. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> let's hear it for Captain America. I was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but in the, when she's freeing them and they are escaping, Steve uh, is not sidelined in this episode. He, in fact, arrives in what is now deemed the first Iron Man suit, uh-huh. uh, affectionately deemed the Hydra Stomper. We love that. Powered by the Tesseract. Whoa. Okay, yeah. this is some, maybe that's something I missed. Was Is the Tesseract actually inside the suit or is it just powered by it, kind of? I I, I, th- I thought it was in there. I thought the cube was like was like where the, the Archmaster would be. Yeah, that's, know, what like, I, that's what I thought too. But maybe you're right, Daniel. Maybe it's like powered. Maybe he like they're just know, using powered it to charge something it. else. Yeah, I don't know. So, so yeah, it's it's really cool that Steve kind of gets to to take on a new role and it it changes his dynamic a little bit with Peggy, but not really. They just kind of uh, reverse roles. I don't mm-hmm. even know if it's a full reversal, but it's a they're they're having a conversation in a bar and it sounds just like a conversation Steve and Peggy would have had, but yeah, she's trying to convince him of uh, his worth and he's doing the same for her. So it's. They're, they're on a lot scene. more level yeah. ground mm-hmm. now, but even though she's the super sh- soldier, he's still in a place to reassure her that, you know. Well, yeah, they both said it in that in that scene where she's like, she sort of let it slip, like she's just like, "You're my hero." And she's like, "I mean," and then he was just like, "No, you're my hero too." And it was like, "Oh, it was very sweet, very very sweet." Yeah, that was sweet. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and and the the point of that scene was like, you're not reduced to your gender and you're not reduced to your size you are so Absolutely. much more than that yeah. and we love really the really great it was charming and impactful and uh i'm uh, impacted i'm impacted <laughs> but I, I think it just speaks to like steve and peggy being kind of the the only relationship that marvel absolutely nailed from a romantic standpoint Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not many of them, but it's one that they j- that it just transcends time and space very clearly. Like yeah. it's every every time they get back together, I'm like, oh, it just makes sense. Damn it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's so good. Um, the um um Hydra Stomper reminded me a lot of the uh, suit that Bruce uh, that Tony makes for Bruce. Totally, yes. yeah, the Hulkbuster. Yeah, well, yeah, he originally makes it for himself as a as a Hulk deterrent. Yeah, yeah. Right. But then he it's ends the, up like putting the, Veronica, yeah. the Hulk buster. And then, yes, yes. And Veronica, then, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh and then Bruce has to wear it because Hulk's being a, a dick. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> we discover that through intelligence that the Red Skull is headed to their base of operations. And Uh-oh. Captain Carter designs an operation and uh I loved this. This is one of my favorite war movies. Uh, she says, Operation Where Eagles Dare. And uh, if that doesn't mean anything to you, Where Eagles Dare was, tonight, was a war movie from 1968 with Richard Burton. Ah. Uh, and it's it's an allied 
rescue mission, they they sneak into a, a German castle. Oh, wow, cool. they were literally high, high playing to an audience of you. Yes. Yeah. This me and anybody, me and everybody's grandfather or <laughs> World War II ah. veterans. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. I love that you knew that. Because uh, that's, like, that's a like deep gut. Yeah. Well, sure. and I, and it's so random, but uh, the theme music to that movie is on a playlist I listen oh. to fairly regularly. Oh my God, and, uh, amazing. Like, so that's, that's so, so great. Of course it is. They they uh, attack this train. Um, Steve is in his suit, and it's at this moment that you know the train, as the battle commences, the the train explodes, and mm-hmm. we think we lose Steve. And you know where my mind went during this? I'm sure mine was the same. Steve, Steve is going to be the new Winter Soldier. Right, that's, what, that's what I thought. That was obviously. what I thought too. I mean, yeah. well, I mean, you're not. We weren't exactly wrong. It seemed that that was their intention. But to kind of uh, throw us off there, yeah, yeah. Well, and not even the, the show's intention, but but the Red Skull's intention because you know later on they do find him like at the Hydra headquarters, so they just caught him before he, they were able to mind warp him and make him into a into their their weapon. Oh, I also loved when um, right. Peggy um, pulled uh, Bucky off from falling off. Oh yes. And he's like, ah, yeah. my arm almost fell off. <laughs> yeah, like, ha that's funny. Too soon. Also, like, can you, can either of you explain to me why he made so many jokes about fish in this episode? I don't, don't know. I don't know. I, I actually searched message boards for this. I yeah, stay I off of them. Too. I, tend to, uh, I was like, like, somebody tell me. Am I missing that I something? Even, he made I'm, like four jokes about fish. That's so weird because I don't remember that at all. Oh. <laughs> well, he said what, something and I don't even I'm gonna butcher it. I don't even remember what he said. Something like, there's too many, there's too few sardines in the can. Or, yeah, there was that, and then there okay. was what there there were easily three or four fish jokes. And it was all from Bucky? <laughs> yes. Yeah. How weird. Is it a 1940s thing? Probably. Probably. Fish are hilarious. They I are mean. so funny. <laughs> there's a recurring um bit in how I met your mother where Marshall like keeps trying to do stand-up and his the the whole extent of his stand-up is just like let's talk about how weird fish names are he's like <laughs> mackerel am I right <laughs> just like says a bunch of fish names it's so <laughs> dumb but it, it honestly reminded me of that that's so, funny well see fish are funny there you go sure sure <laughs> sure <laughs> That's um, all the that's all the explanation you'll ever need. Uh-huh. But so we we assume at this point Steve is gone. Uh, so Captain Carter has to, uh, and, and knowing that the Red Skull was not on this train, they devise a plan uh, to break into Hydra's. I mean, I'll call it Castle Hydra because that's basically yeah, what it sure. is. Uh, yeah, I think it's in the Black Forest. They say the black. It's in the Black Forest, or uh, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. remember. So we catch wind here of of a different end game for Red Skull. His plan yeah. here is different, or his means of achieving victory are different. And this is a big one. So Red Skull tells the the Nazi general who is there with him on Hitler's behalf that uh, he was going to be summoning a, a beast from another dimension to serve as Hydra's champion and bring victory to to hydra um 
bouncing ahead a bit, but when Peggy and, and crew show up, he's, he uses the Tesseract, uh, which, which he recovered, managed to recover. He uses the Tesseract to open a portal. And actually successfully opens it up. Open, successfully opens it, and out comes this giant tentacled beast. <laughs> and you really only see the tentacles. In and... hindsight, like, what the fuck was he thinking? Like, what a stupid plan. Like, yeah. he really thought, <laughs> like, he was going to yeah, be like, uh, hey there, interdimensional <laughs> beast. Do you want to be our, our champion? I'm in charge. And, and, and Peggy even says that thing is growing so big, it's going to devour Europe. And I go, uh, okay, so Red Skull, this Red Skull, uh, what do you do after it's eaten Europe? Sir, like, I have several I thought, questions. I thought like world domination is the thing here, not like mm, just. Yeah. You didn't think squished. this one through. No. Yeah, no. His, first, his, his plan in Captain America was a lot better. Just build a bunch of Tesseract weapons and mm. kill everybody. But I guess like I, I guess in this sense, and this is probably what we, you know, because the it was like a very sped up version of the story, so we didn't get all the little nit, bits and pieces in between. But but perhaps because of Peggy's uh, tenacity and her speed at which she was achieving all of these victories against him, made him so desperate that he was willing to do like the nuclear option. Right, and uh, but I would argue, like you're absolutely right. But his nuclear option in Captain America was to basically go nuke New York City. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. And and force the U.S. out of the war. It's like that. This is that, like the, the that more is, nuclear, that is a nuclear proportional. <laughs> right. That was a more proportional escalation because that's like warfare. This is. Right. Okay. This thing's going to devour Earth. And yeah. You're we're, going to be dead. So <laughs> we're turning this into a Lovecraft. Jokes on you. Yeah. Yeah. It was very Cthulhu. I was right. I. Well, yeah, I racked, yes, it is. Uh, I racked my brain thinking through the MCU, did we ever briefly see a tentacled creature of this size? And nothing came to mind. So well, I went a bit- Like from another, now, okay, this is another thing because we've we talked about this before. Like there are multiverses, but then there are dimensions which allegedly exist outside of the multiverse. Well- Yes. Well, I actually no, it's the other way around. So every universe has its own set of dimensions. Oh, that's not. So what there's a there's a nightmare dimension in every universe. Oh, Jesus Christ! So no, that's confusing. But just just if you're keeping score at home. Yeah, I am. I mean, because we're gonna have to because it's it's about yeah. to get real crazy. And and I used this example when we first talked about it during Loki. It was like so I I used the the dark dimension where Dormammu is. So there is, in theory, a Dormammu in every universe. An and maybe they're not Dormammu's. all the same. Yes. Yeah, yeah, could be. Yeesh. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's that's a thing. So I, I went and did some diving. And this beast seems to be coming from the pages of the comic books, uh, specifically Doctor Strange. And this is where it is interesting. Mm. Uh, mm. This beast is named Shuma Gorath. And if you if you are at home and you're listening to this, go Google Shuma Gorath. And it's this giant tentacled beast with a giant eyeball in the middle. And Doctor Strange first, I, I think it, the beast is introduced in, uh, 
it was the early 1970s. It was a Doctor Strange comic in the early 1970s. And it's an interdimensional, horrifying being who, you know, has has the traditional goals of just devouring everything it gets its hands onto. Uh, there was a rumor, I think sometime last year, and it didn't mean anything to me at the time because I didn't know what this beast was, that that uh, Shuma Gorath is going to be in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Mm. I mean, and that, doubt it. And that this was their way of quietly, or not quietly, but introducing this interdimensional, I don't know if it's a multiversal hopping beast, but yeah. this well, beast. Well, here's the thing. I mean, if, the, if, that's, if that is the case, well, uh, so it would only make sense to me, well, not necessarily, I guess, if... if, if um, the multiverse is sort of open and um, uh, our our Doctor Strange figures out a way to jump through dimensions. And I guess there's definitely a, a way that we could find this. What is it called again? Shumagorath. Shumagorath. Um, and also. Off the tongue, doesn't it? It sure does. Shumagorath. And also, <laughs> and, also um, and, and along with Peggy. Um, with it. You know. Um, Yep. Well, the, yeah, they both ended up in a different universe. Yeah. Well, I mean, we we don't know exactly where. I think that they ended up in the dimension where he came from, right? Presumably. I right. mean, presumably. All, yeah. I. Yeah. It just it's just odd that. Well, okay, we're skipping ahead, but we do need to address this. It is odd <laughs> that when when she quote unquote sacrifices herself and pushes Shumagorath back through. The portal, yes. <laughs> that that they end up basically where Avenger, the first Avengers movie begins. Right. A different, and, a different version and, of it, but and she is seemingly well. I guess it's, it's still we don't really know about um, how old she is or whatever or how well, long she, she's been gone. She doesn't really say that, but well, no. But uh, Nick Fury says the war has been over for seventy years. Seventy years. Well, yes, yes, yeah. correct. But but for her. So I guess my point is, is like when you're going to a dimension like the, um, like the the quantum realm, you know, for instance, it's like, only a you few know, minutes. Yeah. So time acts differently in different dimensions. I guess. Yeah. Or I mean, that's why she has an age. It, it, not a lot of time has passed at all for her. But I'm just confused how she ends up there with like the scattered tentacles of of Shumagorath. Did he return to where he was, and how did she get? Nick Fury's, you know, where yeah. Nick Fury and and Hawkeye are. I'm assuming that yeah, they just figured out how to re somewhere along the, the way. Yeah, she, you know, maybe it, she's like, oh, the portal's back open again. Go. You know, maybe it works similar to the quantum realm, or like when you see, uh, whenever Asgardians get beamed back up to Asgard, how you can kind of fall out of the out of that kind of mm -hmm. funnel of energy, time, space. You know what? Yeah, the Bifrost. It, maybe. You know, when she's pushing him through the portal, they end up in separate, you know, places. Yeah, he keeps maybe. traveling, but she falls out. Yeah, I think that's probably yeah. Whatever it is, uh, it's trippy. It's going what, to whatever yeah, it is, it's trippy. Yeah, it will be confusing, and we'll be talking about it for years to come. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we we skipped uh, a good bit here, where so they they arrive at the castle before Red Skull opens this portal, and uh, they find. Steve 
has been captured, and that's how he uh, Red Skull acquired the Tesseract. But he's been captured. He has the armor. Um, oh yeah, I guess that's the confirmation that the Tesseract was Tesseract was in the suit. Yeah. the suit. Yeah. Yes, that does answer our question for us. Uh, so so cool that the Tesseract is the first dark reactor. That's, we love that. Neat. Um, yeah. uh, so they they set him free and basically jumpstart jumpstart the suit like a giant battery and uh, with a giant battery and. Uh, and with just they, enough juice just enough juice to make a dent and uh they show up the portal opens and comes Shumagorath, red skull it's crushed again moron um we <laughs> can't state this enough i just don't get it from his but, perspective but it's um, so, it makes for such a funny moment though yeah I, yeah it's like what the and that's exactly <laughs> i mean what is in the title of this series <laughs> what <laughs> Uh, and so Peggy's moment or decision to uh, to push Shumagora through is very similar to Steve landing the giant hydroplane in the ice. And um, also of note, I made a note of a another funny laugh out loud moment for me was when they are rescuing Steve and Bucky's like, hurry up, we don't have all day. Yeah. And... A nice little riff on I could do this all day. It's great. Yeah. Just great. Like, oh, you guys. <laughs> Just great. You and your you and your writing. Your writing's very smart. Your writing. Um, but yeah, their the, their final conversation is just inverted. And she's like, you, you owe me a dance on Saturday night. Mm. And off she goes. Um, and you'll never get that dance. That's, that's where my mind Who knows. That's where my mind is racing. Okay, like. The multiverse is going to break my brain. My brain oh, is yeah. already, it's, I'm, I'm in trouble as we speak because I'm just racing through possibilities of like Steve went back through time to put the infinity stones back and then it ends up with Peggy. And now there's a version of Peggy out there running oh, yeah. around the multiverse. And I guess it, it's, it's, it's doing... possible that if like in, at least in this particular universe that like, if the only like little, the change that, it changes, you know, Peggy's story and the people that are surrounding her a lot, but maybe, um, you know, the events of Endgame still happen, maybe slightly different, but they still, like, you know, there's still Thanos, there's still a, a quest for the Infinity Stones, and, you know, eventually Peggy has to go back and return the stones and maybe makes the same choice and goes back and spends time with her, her, her man. But what's crazy is like, and that's what the show is set up is the absolute absurdity of of what we're about to witness. And that yeah. one moment, she she has now placed herself in the Loki role of Avengers, presumably, because when she shows yeah, up yeah. at the uh, at the base with Nick Fury and Hawkeye and even down to the line, Nick Fury is like, drop this or drop the sword, which he's like. When he sees Loki, he's put down the spear, and and she's the interdimensional being that they don't know what to do with, right. and uh, it'll change everything that happens as we know it in the Avengers movie. And uh, how does that change the calculus of everything that else that happens in the Infinity Saga? And well, it's except, just no, too no, much they, to handle. It did, did. Am I crazy? I, I I think I might have to go back and watch it again. But it didn't. It seem like um, Nick Fury. Um, knew who she was when she came out kind of i, th I mean I, it at least dawns on him that she's 
because she does he does say like oh yeah the war has been over for 70 years right and and then they kind of it's two things so this is a cross between uh that first scene in avengers and then yes. the, the post-credit scene in captain america where steve ends up in modern new york right he runs out in a times square and there's yeah yeah nick yeah. fury yeah. and he said you know that whole spiel he basically gives that to her here right but uh how yeah how this and we will find out the answer to this but how this changes everything from here on out now that loki isn't the inciting incident uh well, yeah and we're getting is, we're getting a sequel for her yeah yeah so yeah seemingly like it's either a continuation of her story or um yet another um what if scenario of her story yeah i'm 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 very intrigued and my, my, my imagination is just on fire right now. Yeah. I, I, uh, and every time somebody makes a, a new decision, another, yet another timeline splits off. So right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's really, really trippy. It's really trippy and it can really make you, you feel like your brain is on fire. And that I you're, think, you're so insignificant. <laughs> well, yeah, that for sure. I think what I'm doing to kind of like calm myself down and being like, okay, well, wait, if this is the case, then what, what if quite literally, no! what, what, what will happen with that character and that storyline and all of that? I'm sort mm -hmm. of, since we are in the multiverse now, I'm trying to somewhat separate things if I can. If that makes sense, you have to. We, I, we know that, have to I know that there will be some <laughs> some like connective tissue that like is going to combine some stuff. Sure. But for me, I just sort of think like similar to like what we talked about in Loki with like the all the different timelines kind of like running all stacked Parallel. on top of each other. Mm -hmm. So like eventually, I think it will get to like the same outcome and like the same kind of like main stories i think that we know to be true probably but like right now they're you know they're running like that that Relatively that's how i'm parallel. doing that's how i'm doing it yeah. to, to make my brain not explode mm -hmm. and that's a good point because i i i think strategically from marvel's perspective um and we talked about this a little bit about not devaluing everything that has already happened end game all of that which Loki ran the risk of doing yeah. uh, by saying this was all planned and I allowed it to happen. Kang saying, you know, everything happened according to my design. <laughs> um, uh, but anchoring the story in, uh, in the universe we know, the one that's been established, Earth 616, as it's called in the comics. Yeah. And then everything kind of happening around it and, and the story being how it affects this this primary timeline that we care about and yeah, that we've yeah. and that's why to your point Alyssa I don't think they're gonna they're gonna show us all these different possibilities but not everyone is gonna be relevant to oh for sure yeah for sure what what we ultimately end up caring about yeah and this is this is canon for sure but I think yeah. that um you know like in the original what if comics like you know there's some pretty crazy things that like we know aren't really the way that things are right like what if spider-man was a member of the fantastic four like we right. know that he's not a member of the fantastic four we know that 
their paths. He's not. Their paths don't cross in that way. Oh my god! So, yeah, if you can imagine them trying to to balance all of that in one cohesive story that makes us all care about. I mean, like, I think that a lot of people would just walk. They'd be like, "Nope, too confusing. Can't. I'm done. Thanks." <laughs> well, and I, I think I think they will take the most or what they deem the most important important branch off universal stories. Yeah, and when the time comes. And there's going to, we're going to do a separate episode on this folks. Cause I'm not done reading it yet, but <laughs> Secret I keep bars. saying it. Yes. Jonathan Hickman just read, read. I didn't even read his fantastic four, which kind of starts the story. Go read. If you've got time on your hands and you want to dive into a comic book series, do what I did. Start with Jonathan Hickman's fantastic four and read it all the way through secret wars. And I think you have where we're going with this. And it's, uh, madness it's it's madness, madness well, no, but it is know, anchored in a primary like we are following the heroes of earth 616 and right, they are encountering right. other people but they're not necessarily being replaced as the sure, primary sure. storytellers yeah, yeah yeah now is this the same one that you were just saying to us um over text that you think it's going to have a, mm-hmm. a, a really not great ending so yeah, i am he's I am, reading the avengers Hickman's yeah avengers. and i'm i'm on the last the last bit of the last volume of it before secret wars. And I, I honestly don't think And if you're listening to this and you've already read it, you know what happens, but it's not, it's, it's not going to end well. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's just now, like, it, go, like it goes happens, from bad to worse. Do you feel mm. like whatever happens in, well, this happens before secret wars. So do you think that whatever yeah. maybe happens in secret wars sort of uh, might at least undo it, uh, maybe undo whatever happens in that. Somehow. Yes, I, I just look at this. If you thought like what happened in Infinity War was was bad, which it was, <laughs> this is just so much worse. And there is there was kind of a, a predictable answer in how you correct Infinity Wars. Like you just need to get your hand on the Infinity Stones. Right. You can make mm-hmm. anything happen. Right. There is no such mechanism here. Ah. And I won't explain any further, but like it's just really bleak and sad. Oh my <laughs> gosh. We love it's that. really awful. Oh no. Uh, can't wait. Um oh boy. So we need, we need more of fans, that. It's all gonna you know? end in destruction. <laughs> There's just not um, enough of the bleakness today. We just <laughs> and comic books are dark, folks. Like mm-hmm. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like they are like really dark. I, it is a little bit of a spoiler. I mean, they're but not colorful, really. so but they're dark. There's one, there's kind of one section I'm thinking of where Thanos and some of his Black Order join with a character we haven't seen in the MCU yet, uh, Namor. He's usually Black Panther's foil. Mm -hmm. So so they kind of take on a anti-hero role, but not really. Like they, 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 they fashion themselves as the ones who can fix what's ultimately happening. Mm-hmm. because they they don't have morals and they don't give a shit what got happens it. got it and so the the governments of earth actually okay their behavior and they literally rape and pillage their way through the universe oh my gosh through all through the multiverse and what they do to alternate versions of the characters we love is so disturbing i mean i would not let my kid read it yeah yeah and they enjoy it and it's just awful so oh boy so the stakes we're not running out of stake 
next year. They're getting really big and all of that to say that what if is is laying the groundwork for something that's probably eight to ten years away, honestly, as far as I the know. movies go. I believe that nobody loves steak more than us. Yeah, we love steak. It's true. There was there was a good four weeks there where we had it every, <laughs> we had weekend. A lot every of weekend. steaks. <laughs> I, these, I mean, these were these were meat friends. When I say steak, like <laughs> this was a cow. These were large yeah. steaks. <laughs> we we raised the steaks, as it were. But yeah, what what, what do you have any um, kind of closing thought? Anything that struck you in episode one that uh, you're excited to see them pull on that thread, or did you just enjoy the the style of it? Or I enjoy the def- definitely enjoy the ride. Um, uh, can't wait to see what what happens next. I think it's it's seemingly pretty obvious what they're gonna do with the next two episodes because I think that we've pretty much all that we've seen from the 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 previews is probably gonna be the next couple of episodes. Um, yes, I can't T'Challa, T'Challa and, mm-hmm. and uh, Tony Stark. Which that I I can't I cannot wait for. This is Chadwick Boseman's final performance yeah. as oh, Black Panther. Oh he recorded God. this, so yeah, that'll that's be right. Really- yeah, Although he's I really, not really Black um, Panther here. No, he's not. No, but Star I love Wars. I love that we're gonna get to hear him. That's gonna be really, really cool and really special. Yeah. Um yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. And I I love the like we said earlier, that it's just a simple singular moment mm-hmm. in these character stories that it goes slightly different, and that's where we jump off. I think yeah. that that's super super interesting and it's something that's done in the comics a lot and obviously like you said daniel it's something that happens in life i mean sure like you like i just think about it like my my wife and i grew up five minutes apart from each other and never met went to the same acting competitions and choir festivals and then literally we were just like ships in the night over and over and over again and so i just you know you think about that and you think about if one person would have been like oh this is Alyssa," you know what i mean like our yep it How, probably I, wouldn't have my life would not have been what it was you know it's sure. just, it's, it's a it's an interesting thing to think about. right killed, you would have you gone on her. to kill yeah you might have gone on to murder all a whole bunch of people had you not met you know who knows of children i mean probably that's the most likely mm-hmm. that's the most likely thing for sure that's right for, and formed a podcast called inside the wampa or something or like <laughs> the wampa's arm or <laughs> the wampa pit right <laughs> um uh, yeah but yeah those it, are my it, those are my final thoughts dino very, do you have do you fun. have final thoughts Oh, also, just sorry, really quick. I was just yeah. just really surprised at like how much uh, how much they were able to pack into oh, yeah, uh, yeah. It was a lot yeah. of info, a lot mm-hmm. of stuff, a lot of stuff. It's great. It was certainly not boring, and even though no. the runtime is kind of short, it actually didn't feel all that short. Like I no, felt like I I got yeah, out of it what it was I meaty. needed. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, uh, special shout out to uh, Josh Keaton in particular. He's a voice actor. He took over Steve Rogers. Uh, oh yeah, he, Chris Evans. he did great. And yeah, and I, because most everyone else was uh, voiced by their MCU counterpart, the potential pitfall of like that being something that takes you out of it. It's like, oh, that's sure. not Steve. And no, I thought he did a great job. Like yeah, he, he, he didn't did. sound necessarily exactly like Chris Evans, but he didn't need to. Like he had nah. the Captain America 
Yeah, he sounded voice, enough. Whatever he sounded that is. enough like him. He blended in yeah. just fine. Yep. Um, I thought he did a really nice job. And I can't um, wait to see his work as zombie. Version. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to his his groans. Um, <laughs> brains, American brains. <laughs> yeah, this just gets me excited for Marvel. It's like they're they're taking big old risks now and They're and so they seem to be risky. enjoying themselves doing it which is so much fun like yeah i feel like even if they stump like stub their toes somewhere along the way which at this point just doesn't seem all that likely yeah. but you know there, there might be one that we're not super into but they it's it's almost like they'll be forgiven for it because they've built so much goodwill and it's like oh that didn't that one didn't work out so well but you'll get it next time we'll yeah, definitely clip this moment right now so we can go back to it in case shit just yep. really hits the fan. It's terrible. Right. The whole rest of it is just completely awful. Like, we show up to Shang-Chi on September 3rd and go, like, what happened? What if this show was actually good? <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh. Oh, I, I need to, that, you know that's a review somewhere. Like, oh, no set, doubt. You could no, just go scour asshole. Rotten Tomatoes and you'll For find sure. one person. What if I gave a damn? It's like, oh, oh so rude. Yeah, um, great. Well, I guess that's it. That's it. I think that's it for episode one. What um, if this episode was over? It well, is. you're about to find out. <laughs> uh, uh, also of note, uh, you'll note we did not have a bad batch episode last week. We did. Uh, it was uh, the first part of the finale. The second part being uh we're recording this on thursday the second part will come out tonight uh and you will get a two-part well we're putting two parts into one finale episode to yes. discuss the end of season one of bad batch you will have that monday action and then uh the three of us recently saw suicide squad in theaters oh my and uh we're gonna introduce a little uh dc into the mix here and uh talk about suicide squad and you'll have that this coming week as well on talk top about of what a if, multiverse we've got so much to do my god we're so busy um but uh stick with us gang but yeah we've got we've yes. got content for everyone out there that it could ever want content indeed uh yeah thanks so much for listening this is inside the tauntaun a podcast in the multiverse of fandom i'm Alyssa simmons and i'm daniel dawson and i'm dino nicandros may the force be with you always inside the tauntaun podcast please like and subscribe